At our call to worship this morning, we began the service off with Psalm 23. And uh, we've been walking with Jesus through Psalm 23 during this season of Lent. And we've been looking at this very familiar psalm and connecting it to passages in Jesus' life in the New Testament and to our life in 2018. So, yes, today is also known as a sixth Sunday of Lent or Palm Sunday, also Passion Sunday. And, and this series on Psalm 23 chose not to reflect, as mentioned, on Jesus' triumphal entry. But we're going to reflect on a story in the New Testament in a moment on Jesus' compassion for his people, for his world. So this week, we focus on the line from the latter part of verse 5 from Psalm 23. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Now, anointing in uh, ancient times had several meanings. Over time, it was used to indicate a calling to some leadership, uh, as Samuel anointed David into kingship. It was an expression of adoration and worship when Jesus was anointed uh, with oil by uh, by a lady in in the New Testament. It represented a filling of the Holy Spirit, being anointed by the Spirit. An anointing uh, was often used to massage with oil for physical comfort. It was used for healing. Um, It's mentioned in the book of James, where James states that you anoint the head with oil for those who need to be healed. And as we're keeping with the sheep and the shepherd theme of this psalm, we talk about anointing as it relates to sheep in, in a very practical manner. Last week we talked about the phrase preparing a table before me and the word table could be translated as something spread out. And so the shepherd would find this table land, a spread out piece of land for his sheep, for them to rest, to graze, and for the shepherd to take care of his sheep and to take care of any injured sheep. Or even provide uh, preventative measures such as anointing. You see, the origin of anointing was from the practice of shepherds. And where this originated from was with a shepherd pouring oil on the sheep to keep the pests away. Lice and other insects would often get into the wool of the sheep. And when they got near the sheep's head, they could burrow into the sheep's ears. And then the bugs would irritate the sheep so much that at times the sheep would end up hitting its head just to try to relieve that irritant. And as a result, by hitting its head over and over again, it could end up killing itself. So ancient shepherds poured oil on the sheep's head. And this made the wool slippery, of course, making it impossible for insects to get near the sheep's ears because the insects would then just kind of slide off. The shepherd wanted to protect these helpless sheep. The shepherd had compassion for his sheep. He didn't want them to be destroyed or even distracted by their enemies. And these irritable bugs... So that brings us to the New Testament reading of Matthew chapter 9, 35 to 38. You can find that on the screen. Matthew 9, 35 to 38. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, 
The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So Jesus has been traveling. He's been traveling through the towns and the villages, teaching people, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness. And as we look at the first few chapters of Matthew, but specifically chapters 8 to 9, Jesus is doing these miraculous things among his people. He's been healing people. He's been casting out demons. He's been raising the dead. He's calming the stormy seas. And all these are powerful claims of who Jesus is. That he is Lord of all. And these events and miracles are important and necessary for people who are helpless. They're in need of help. But in these scenes and in these stories and in life, there's a far worse disease. And that disease is called sin. And sin results in all of us being harassed, all of us being helpless. Sin results in this massive irritation that could lead us to death, just like a tick could lead a sheep to death. And sin, if not dealt with, will bring us into eternal damnation. Matthew states that Jesus is proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. Now the good news is not all these miracles, is not all these powerful and amazing events. But the good news is that Jesus saves people from all their sins. Jesus Christ alone saves us from eternal punishment through his death, through his resurrection. Jesus came to earth to share this good news of the gospel, that he was going to die for the forgiveness of all our sins. And as Matthew states in this passage, that Jesus, he had compassion on his people. Jesus had compassion on those who were physically sick. He had compassion on those in society who were treated unjustly by others or by authorities. Jesus had compassion on all those who were spiritually sick. And let's look for a moment at the word compassion. And at this part, people were being harassed. People were helpless. People were sick. People were sheep without a shepherd. And Jesus saw all this. And it must have been sad. It must have been hurtful. It must have been overwhelming to see. And so Jesus had compassion. Compassion, in the Greek, is splanch nizomai. It's a big word. And it's got a bigger meaning. Because this word goes deeper than feeling sympathy. It goes deeper than feeling empathy. This word is to be moved in the inward parts. You feel compassion in your heart. You feel compassion in your guts. You are suffering with people who are suffering. And Jesus' heart goes out to the people. And Jesus hurts when he sees people hurting. And people are in need of saving. And the law can't save people. People cannot save people or people cannot save themselves. Good works cannot save people. Jesus is the only way, the only one that can save people. 
He is the Savior. And that is the gospel. And Jesus saves people through his death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. He is a prescription for the disease called sin. He hurts when people are hurting. He hurts to see people in sin. On account of Jesus' compassion for people, he desires to bring people into a relationship with himself. And he does this by going out to the people. And in this passage, we see the compassionate heart of Jesus. And we see how compassion leads to mission. We see the missional heart of Jesus. Jesus, who is going out to the people, he's looking for those who are helpless, which is basically everybody. He's looking for the harassed. He's establishing connections with people. From this passage, Jesus sees a world in the need of help. Jesus sees a world in need of a Savior. He sees people who are in need of hearing that good news of the Gospel. And He went out to proclaim this good news. And He went out to the villages. He went out to the towns. He went out teaching and preaching. And He did this because the world needs Him. The world needs Jesus as their Savior. And He didn't go out on account of Jesus' disgust for people who are sinners. Mission's not on account of Jesus' disgust for people. Mission is on account of His compassion for people who are sinners. Mission is on account of Jesus' compassion to seek and to save the lost. Luke 19, verse 10. Reverend Dwight Moody, 19th century preacher, He was in London preaching the gospel. London, England. And while he was there, several British clergymen visited him. And they said to him, You do a good job winning people to Christ. What's your secret? As if there's a secret, right? And while in the motel room, Moody invited the men to look out of the window and overlooking the park. And he asked each one of them, well, what do you see? One of them said, well, I see two old men on a bench just talking with one another. Another one said, I see several people on their way to work. Still another one said, well, I see a man uh, shining somebody's shoes. And then Moody looked out the window with tears rolling down his cheeks. And one of the ministers asked him, well, what do you see? And Moody said, I see thousands of people who one day will be lost forever if they do not find the Savior. Compassion. We have to reframe what we see and how we look at people. Compassion. Compassion leads to mission. God's compassion in Psalm 23 led to the promise of a Savior. God is a sending God. He sent His one and only Son. And Jesus' compassion leads to mission. He went out to proclaim and to live out the gospel message in a sinful world. And that world has not changed. The world is not a different place than the first century Palestine when Jesus looked out to the people. Or 19th century Christian revival period when Moody looked out the window. 
The world today is still in desperate need of a savior. There are people being harassed. There are people who are helpless. And people need the compassion of a savior. Without Jesus, people might be surrounded by other people. But really people are alone in the world. And they're going to continue to look for comfort. They'll continue to look to belong. But too often they'll be looking in the wrong places. And people are screaming for help. People are screaming to be saved. And deep down everybody in the world knows that they need to be saved. But the problem is that too many people are looking in the wrong places for their Savior. Whether it be sports, or television idols, or pornography, or drugs, or alcohol, or one-time relationships, or looking at ourselves to be saved. We're all looking for a Savior. And all the while, the Savior is seeking us out. Because Jesus has compassion on His people. He has compassion for the lost. And he encourages us to have compassion for people. Mission starts with compassion for hurting people. Mission starts with compassion for people to be saved. Mission starts with compassion for people to know that Jesus loves them. We have hurting people sitting right here among us in the pews. We have hurting people within the community and surrounding areas. There are hurting people in this world. There are hurting people everywhere. And what people need is not for us to be disgusted with the life that they are living or afraid to deal with their problems. They don't need for us to be judging. We can leave that up to God. But people need us to extend God's grace, to extend a listening ear, to extend our love and compassion and the love of, and compassion of Jesus Christ, their Savior. Our compassion for people, that feeling in the heart, in the guts, that compassion should lead us to share the gospel. The gospel is that Jesus is our cure for sin. He's that prescription. He's our Savior. Point people to Jesus through our words and through our actions, through our compassion for hurting people. Now, compassion does not mean that we take on the problems of people. We can't do that. We're not the saviors for the people. Only Jesus can take their problems on Him. Only Jesus is the Savior. We're not called to have the Savior complex. We need to have compassion. Compassion for people. That deep inward feeling that compels us into action. And that takes us to verse 38. Because having the compassion of Jesus will result in asking God to send out workers. You see, workers are sent out. We're to ask God to send out workers into his harvest field. The word used here for sending out actually means that Jesus is throwing his workers out. 
Because this word used for send out in this passage is often used in Scripture when talking about driving out demons and demon-possessed people. It's a forceful word. It's a word that implies that nobody can resist this force. You see, this passage, it doesn't ask the Lord to find and recruit workers. This passage asks the Lord to thrust out and cast out workers into the field. It's very intentional and aggressive form of kicking us out of our communities, out of our comfort zones, into other communities, into other areas. As Christ followers, we need to be thrown out of the church service into the harvest field. Now the church service is necessary because this is where we gather together to bring our glory and worship God as a community. But where we need to end up spending most of our time is outside the church in the harvest field. You see, the command here in Scripture does not say to non-believers, Oh, come. But rather, Scripture says to the believer, Go. Go and ask God to throw you out into the field, into the pasture where there are several helpless sheep. Now the harvest field looks like the church. It looks like our parking lot. It looks like the sidewalks in our community and wherever community you come from. The harvest field looks like our office. It looks like our classrooms. It looks like our familiar grocery store. It looks like our dentist office. The harvest field is all around us. Go. And go with compassion. One more comment about this verse. Jesus asks us to ask. Jesus tells us to ask the Lord of the harvest. Therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And the word ask is not just about, oh, Jesus, uh, we request that you can send us out. No, it implies that we're to beg with urgency. Ask means that we're to pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest. I can't emphasize enough how prayer and outreach are so connected to one another. We can't do missions without prayer. And we're called to pray earnestly. But I also want to add this word of caution because when we pray for this, you've got to be careful. The disciples were told to pray for this and then they were immediately sent out into the harvest field. And you can read this in Matthew 10. And it's an overwhelming task. And Jesus himself doesn't expect to do this work alone. In fact, Jesus calls his people to assist him in this work. But don't worry, Jesus sees the reality. Jesus sees that the task is overwhelming. And he does, Jesus does not do mission alone and doesn't expect us to do mission alone. We go with him and we go as a church, as the body of Christ. So Psalm 23. It is a psalm of David. It's often seen as a psalm of comfort. It's a psalm of what God does for his people. But tied to the rest of scripture, this psalm also requires a response. And through the Spirit's power, we can take on the compassionate character of Jesus Christ and become a compassionate church body, going out to people who are harassed and who are helpless. So let's have 
that deep compassion, that compassion from the guts. Let's have compassion for all people and use that compassion to pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to cast us out, to throw us out into his harvest field. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, great shepherd of the sheep, compassionate and gracious God, we bless your name and we praise you for anointing us with your care, for having compassion on your people, for making the journey of obedience, bringing your gospel message to people, which ultimately led you into Jerusalem and ultimately to the cross. We thank you for your punishment that brought us peace and forgiveness. We thank you for your compassion to each of us. And may we too take on that compassion for your people. Not taking on their problems, but seeing a hurting and helpless world in which we are part of. Work in us through your spirit and may our compassion compel us to be thrown out into your harvest field and into your pasture. Equip us and empower us for your will through your Holy Spirit. And it's only in Jesus' name, our one and only Lord and Savior. Amen.